It's Friday, January the 19th, 2018. This is Brian Jonikowski. I'm Christian Thwaites. I'm Emily Taken-Vertz. Um, and before we get started, as a reminder, if you enjoy our podcast, please leave us reviews. Um, it really helps us to um, form the content that we're talking about and also helps us appear higher on the Apple search engines. So, also, also, even if you don't enjoy it, write us a review. Write us a good review. Just lie. Okay. <laughs> so let's get started. <laughs> We've been keeping our eye on the bond market, Christian, and uh, you know it has uh, yields have increased from last year. Last week we went from two uh, fifty. Now we're up to two sixty three or so. Uh, tell us, give us an update, and tell us why we shouldn't be worried about this. I think there's a lot of moving parts going on in the Treasury market. We've talked here about the seasonality of it, a lot of buying before year-end. Sometimes there's, there's uh, new auctions in January, can put a little pressure on, on the rate. Um, and just generally, there are big seasonals in the in the Treasury market, both up and down, and we're in a kind of a, a down one now, so right, rising yield. So we've got that in place. Then we've got a combination of things of uh, you know, the growth numbers look a little bit better. You know, the fourth quarter GDP is slightly better. We've got the you know, normal Fed talk coming out is that things are, quote, normal. Um, we've got uh, the possibility of big companies with cash piles repatriating those uh, dollars, which are sitting in tre treasuries in a lot of time back to the US and using them for capital expenditure, although I don't think that's remotely likely to happen on the scale that people think it is. And of course, here we got the good old debt ceiling. As you and I sit here at four o'clock on Pacific time, it looks like they're going to close the government down. Um, and so that's always a little bit of a concern. Uh, so I think we've got a lot of that going. But the reason we say we're not particularly worried about it because we think the rates will you know, increase gradually. We're certainly seeing a lot of the uh, the short-term rates pop up a little bit, but not the long-term rates. And I think that is for two reasons, principally. One is very, very, uh, just a very straightforward explanation is the Treasury is funding much more of its debt at the T-bill rate, which is sort of uh, di different different uh, maturities, but uh, up to a year, and then at the note rate below five years. So there's a scarcity um, of sort of 10-year and 30-year paper, which I think means that that's why the that the yield curve has flattened flattened a little bit. And the other one is, we've, again, we've talked, is that there's not, I think, a high level of conviction that you know inflation uh, and growth is going to take off in in both both metrics in the numbers that people fear it will. And so that will generally keep a lid on uh, on long-term rates spiking much uh, above above three. Uh, and I think even, even three will take a while to get there. The other, sorry, the other thing to remember is that we've been at 2.6. In 2010, 2011, summer of 2013, summer of 2014, late 2016, and a year ago. So these numbers are nothing different from the post, uh, you know, uh, financial crisis meltdown. I think we're just seeing, you know, a tick up, not a, not a reversal of a long-term trend. Sorry. That's great. Um, so let's turn to equities. Uh, you know, this rally that we've had for the past few months, um, I think a lot of investors have um, seen it as as kind of a broad-based rally. Um, you wrote this week that that is not so, that uh, three of the 11 sectors are actually down. Can you tell us uh, what those three are and why? Yes, well, the, the 11 sectors are REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, telecoms, and utilities, and they're all down between about 5%, 3%, and 5% so far this year. The S&P is up about 6%. 
and together they're about 11% of the S&P if memory serves. That's probably, that might be a little bit high, but not much. And what's happening is that these are typical dividend and or interest rate substitutes or plays. I mean, utilities is the classic one. Uh, but telecoms are fairly highly leveraged. They do have some regulatory oversight, <laughs> not as much as I'd like, but uh, they do some regulatory oversight, which is, makes them uh, yield plays. They're fairly highly leveraged. And REITs are leveraged up to the eyeballs. They tend to have you know, five or six times uh, outstanding debt to to earnings, uh, uh, to EBITDA, earnings before interest, the, the average for the S&P, if you take those sectors out, is more like two, two and a half. So they, so I think there are some concerns that uh, their, their, their funding rates and, and interest rates and borrowing rates will go up. Um, and also because their equity is going to be slightly more leveraged than, than the fixed income market. But I guess the, 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 yes, than the fixed income market. So my point is that this isn't still a, you know, everything going up indiscriminate rise at all. I think the market's been quite discriminatory. Mm -hmm. And also we've run a, a screen that we do regularly and it just looks at how many companies are more than 25% below their 10-year uh, all stock market high. And it's about 130 companies out of the 500. So you've got, you're still a lot of companies, uh, I mean, you know, big box retailing, obviously miserable business to be in right now. Uh, but Energy, those of uh, and mining and other kind of cyclical stocks are still quite a whit below their um their their all time highs. So this, you know, it is a, it is a market where sort of stock picking and some sort of um, uh, investment strategy is called for rather than just buying the market as a whole. Good. Um, I also want to turn to emerging markets. <laughs> we have talked a lot last year um, about Japan. Uh, but you wrote about a different player in EM this this week, and that is Russia. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, R Russia is only 3% of the emerging markets index, so it's not big. I mean, when we think of emerging markets, we tend to think rightly of Asia and its uh, economic clout and reach and power. And the old BRIC companies, you know, countries, so Brazil, Russia, India, and China. So that's an acronym which is no longer really used, uh, and quite rightly so. But anyway, so so Russia's been an, a stock market wasteland for years. and um, But slowly the uh, the oil stocks, oil is coming back. It's an average of about $50, $52 the last two months of 2016. It's now firmly above $63. But at the same time, the ruble has devalued. So in in ruble terms, the dollar has never been, uh, sorry, the oil has never been higher. It's a record high. Whereas in U.S. terms, we're looking at $63 a barrel and the all-time high is 145 So, uh, so, so Russia is sitting on some incredible amounts of revenue in its uh, in its local currency terms, which allows it to then mend some of the budget deficits, which have come back through the decline in the oil price plus sanctions. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very much an energy market. As I mentioned, it's not a big stock market, but 40% of its energy. Another 20% is banks that probably lend to those energy companies. So it does get that play. And what we've just been looking at is, uh, you know, it's nice to see that come back. It's been written off for years. And although it's only a 10, it's 10% in a relatively short space of time. It is a small stock, uh, stock market, but... Uh, you know, things are going their way, and that broadens out the uh, the attraction of the emerging market story. Will they be able to sustain this growth with the, the sanctions that they have on them? That's a good point. I mean, actually, they're, they're, the good news is that their, their, their budget deficit is getting 
a little bit better, which in theory, you know, we should free up a little bit more for the private sector. I think, uh, I think Putin wasn't happy with the Russian devaluation because it's a fairly, it's a fairly um, significant uh, um, point of, sort of national pride. Uh, so I think that will be reversed, and uh, he's up for re-election in March. It's difficult to see how anyone else will be able to get in. So there's um, there's there's all things going going pretty well, I would say. And and I think in answer to your question, we should we should see an uptick, mainly because it's just been so bad for so long. Lastly, I want to um, highlight a milestone that we had this week on Wednesday, which was the Dow crossed twenty six thousand. I know that you've expressed your antipathy towards the Dow many times on this on this podcast, um, but again, tell us why this may not matter too much. Well, firstly, you know, every kind of thousand point mark is uh, is is less in percentage terms. So we hit twenty six thousand. That's up about three and a half four percent over the twenty five thousand mark, which was just ten days before. It's obviously much different from when we were in. Dow at two, three thousand twenty years ago, where a thousand point mark was really, really significant. So they're going, they're going to come more often, and they become less important. So that's kind of one reason why I think it it gets too much uh, publicity for what it is. And the other one is that it sort of gets a little bit, um, uh, uh, a bit uh, wonkish. But it's geometrically priced rather than uh, than. Uh, average weight arithmetically priced. And that basically means that instead of a stock market weighting uh, based on the value of the companies, so Apple, $900 billion, and you had another company, which is $100 million, you know, that would be 90% of the market. The way the Dow does it is purely by price. So the bigger price stock that you have, uh, the more weighting it has in it. And so exhibit number one, the highest price stock is Boeing at about $350, and the lowest price stock is GE at, at about $15. But they're roughly, or they were up to about a year ago, roughly the same market capitalization. So if you get, a, if you, if you get Boeing doing well and GE doing uh, poorly, uh, it just makes the, the Dow look a lot more impressive than it really is. Uh, so you just got these um, these distortions. So Apple is by far and away the biggest company in the Dow and in the S&P, but it's only the sixth largest uh, most important in the in the Dow, so yeah, it's just it's just a kind of funny way to do it, and um, mm-hmm. it just means that I think for uh, for our for our listeners, really, you know, the Dow is fun to listen to, but you shouldn't compare your portfolio performance to the Dow, nor should you let your advisor compare your portfolio performance to the Dow. It's uh, it's more of a kind of um, a, a ticker tape of of what's of what's going on in the market in very, very short term, but it's not a performance metric at all. Good advice. Thank you very much, Christian. Thanks to you for listening, and we look forward to seeing your reviews. Thank you very much, and uh, here's a disclosure, and uh, don't turn it off. You know you like the disclosure. Please note the discussion of our investment investment strategy, including our research investment process, represents our investment investment strategy. The data's commentary is subject to change without notice. We cannot show that type of investment discussed in this commentary or outperform the other investment strategy in the future, nor can guarantee that such investment will present the best or attractive risk-adjusted investment in the future. So for general information purposes only, reference to an individual security should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell a security. Securities mentioned in this commentary are only several successful instruments investments by us do not represent all the securities we have purchased or the recommended. Although we deem reliable source of statistical and other information referred to in this commentary, we cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any statements or numerical data, past performance, no indication of future results.